dry spell is over, and there's things on our screens again. We've watched stuff, and now it's time to review the previews. And I'm not ready for this. So, explain the drink, Stavros, while I cram <laughs> like I've got a term paper due. Well, we are drinking a beverage we have dubbed the Andorian Blues. It's uh, blue Caracao gin vodka, and uh, you can make it with uh, with lemon um, lemonade, but mine has sparkling water and lemon juice in it. And uh, it may or may not be an existing cocktail, but you know what? That We're calling it the Andorian Blues, and it's actually pretty tasty. The lemon juice in mine gives it a tartness that uh, kind of takes the edge off of all the booze. Indeed, it is a unique drink. From the famed, I'm just making stuff up. It's an Aqua Velva renamed. <laughs> what am I saying here? Uh, what are you talking about? It's straight from Andorian. Yeah, straight from Andorian. Totally. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of the dearth of news, you know, we haven't had an episode released in a while, and it turns out that it's hard to make this show when we know nothing about anything and nothing, no information is coming out, and we just kind of sat on our hands and we're like, well, I guess we're not making the podcast for a while. But you know what? San Diego Comic-Con came around and dumped a ton of stuff. So hooray, we're back. Indeed. So where are we starting tonight? Well, before we get to Comic-Con, we have a couple little pieces of news. So, you know, as I mentioned, it's been a little dry as far as the news goes. But let's talk about some of the tiny little stuff that's been dropping uh, before Comic-Con. And uh, I'm going to be putting all the links of all these things in the episode description, so... You listeners can click along and see what we're talking about. But the first one is the Season 3 poster. And uh, hilariously, it's it's not the teaser poster. There's a teaser poster with Peanut Hamper. That's not what I'm talking about. It's the actual Season 3 poster. And it's modeled after uh, the Search for Spock, that movie poster. And I just am glad that they are continuing on with the motif. Kind of curious to see what's going to happen once they get into like the really high, you know, like final frontier and stuff like that but i hope they continue on with it well i mean there were posters for the final frontier i don't know if you're aware of this like there's been posters for all of the movies it's like a (laughs) thing yes it's a thing they do for movies they make posters like i i'm not sure you're aware of this (laughs) hold the phone they they do what now they make marketing materials for movies to try and make money that's just seems crazy so i do want to make one like little commentary on this i mean obviously you know everything's a stand-in for you know the original poster but what's interesting in the original poster it was a klingon bird of prey that was in the poster but originally the klingon bird of prey was actually supposed to be a stolen romulan vessel Ooh. And in this poster, this appears to be a knockoff of a uh, Romulan vessel seen in... It's a Nemesis. Yes, from, right? Nemesis. The Valdor yeah, the Valdor. Yes. You know, it's the thing that gets me about this poster... Well, first of all, it's super cool. It's, it's got Rutherford's face in the back and Rutherford's my boy. But um, it continues like the nonsense of the Search for Spock poster where like there are three beams of different colors being shot from the Romulan ship and... The original poster is exactly like it, and I do not understand it, but the fact that they stole it just is just great. Well, yeah, I mean... I'm enjoying it. You can't do a cheap knockoff if you're not willing to knock <laughs> off. <laughs> Are they all weapons? You know, is the, is the Cerritos shooting something back? It's, it's unclear, but who cares? <laughs> it's the reference. Yes. But I'm great. It's, it's great. I'm, uh, I live for this stuff. But let's talk about some other things. A mobile game was announced for Lower Decks. It's called Lower Decks The Badgy Directive. And it's by the people that have made a bunch of other idle games. Um, like, I think there's an Office one and maybe one or two other ones that these devs have made. That one's coming soon, um, if you're into mobile games. 
There is also a comic book series uh, coming from IDW, that comic book publisher. It once again is it seems to be like more TNG references. I think there's one cover with Boimler in a uh, Sherlock Holmes outfit, which is you know clear TNG reference. So uh, I've got those coming down the pipe. Are you are you a comic guy or I do. Yeah. I actually uh, <laughs> yes. read comics pretty regularly, but usually okay. the Star Trek comics are incredibly hit or miss. You know, most of the Star Trek mm. media is is very very hit or miss. They are traditionally not careful with their license yeah i'm kind of curious because this i think these comics aren't even written by any of the people that are on the show which i it seems like could have been easily done maybe they i don't you know like i said i'm not really i'm not really super into comics that much anyway so maybe these are written by vets but um i don't know it's it'll be interesting to see if they can maintain the uh the lower decks feel in a yeah, I don't know. Like most of it looks like decent, but there's one cover with Mariner with a phaser and Boimler half dressed that just yes, the artwork on it is so rough. And it kind of <laughs> makes me worry. Yeah, it's it's like clearly done by like they're imitating the art style of the show, but it's like not quite there, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, we're kind of prejudging it a bit, but it you know. Hey, you know what? Hopefully it's good. There is an old saying, never judge a book by its cover, but I've always said that saying is crap. That is what the cover is there for. So you can prejudge it, <laughs> know whether you want to read it or not. You're right about that. But yes, those things are coming down the pipe. And they released a short clip from season three on the Ready Room Will Wheaton hosted Star Trek after show. And that clip is uh, the Boimler on his vineyard clip. Boimler says that he, you know, he, he doesn't make wine on his vineyard. He makes raisins because they're shriveled and hopeless, just like the Boimlers. Ah, uh, absolutely loved that reveal. <laughs> I love the whole, like, Boimler, like, on the Cerritos is the weird nobody likes guy that is, like, always, you know, the underdog. But then you see him on his vineyard, yeah. and he is, like... The ace dog, the top guy. Who, the sexy man. Yeah, who everybody's yeah. into. And, like, he doesn't even notice because he just hates being there so much. Oh. And, you know, he says something like he's he's ready to get out of the vineyard there because it takes a while for the smell to get out of his hair. Yeah. And I was cast into a, a tailspin of doubt about the whole history of the purple hair. Because what if it's grapes? What if it's, like, grape stains or something? And he's not actually part alien. Why would he be putting grapes <laughs> in his hair? He's... <laughs> I don't know. Stavros. He says the smell gets in like, his hair. Why? What? I mean, how does the smell get in his hair? Oh, my God. Stavros. What the hell, man? You think they like, <laughs> well, we got lots of grapes. Might as well use it as shampoo. What? Oh, jeez, man. Know, I'm just throwing it out there. You know, grapes are purple, his hair is purple. I am taking your jump to conclusion, Matt, away. <laughs> you know, we'll see once uh, more Boimler history is revealed. Yes. <laughs> this clip came out before the Comic-Con news, and you were totally right, of course. It's uh, Mariner is going to immediately go off the rails, and you forecasted this way back... You know what, though? Uh, ...when season two was ending. Anybody who has seen the series not predicting Mariner going off the rails, like... I would just question whether they've actually been paying attention. You know, you're right about that. You're right about that. But I think that's it for all the little pieces of news. Let's get to the Comic-Con proper stuff. Um, so there are a couple panels that we are going to uh, to talk about, little pieces of information we can get out of each one of these. Um, and then, of course, they released the actual For Reals Season 3 trailer. And we're going to jump in and do a more shot-by-shot, freeze-frame nerd analysis on that one. 
but we'll get to that last. But let's cover the panels first. So, like I said, the links are in the description. The first one is a short panel that Entertainment Weekly did with the cast of Lower Decks that was actually there. So it's McMahon, uh, Jack Quaid, Tony Newsome, Don Lewis, one or two other cast members as well. Not Eugene Cordero. He wasn't there. But they did drop a couple little interesting pieces of information. McMahon mentioned that there is an alien called Cranch. And that is an alien that tries to kill Boimler for a whole episode. And he says it's kind of like some kind of like reverse Tosk. If you recall that episode from DS9 where Boimler is kind of getting all all gutsy and built up. And Cranch is like, please let me hunt you. And Boimler was like, okay. They reference the whole say yes thing, right? Where you just say yes right. to everything. And it's all like, <laughs> that is a terrible way to live your life. And I love the fact that they're doing <laughs> it really an entire episode about it. Although I do kind of worry <laughs> they've like been building this thing up, you know, Cranch, and it's like, right. is this going to be a big misdirect? I really hope not. Hmm. It's hard to say. We, we've we been, so I mean, we talked about the season two trailer back in the day. We got totally thrown for lots of loops there. I mean, we had yeah. no idea what was going on, even after our analysis. So it's hard to say what exactly is happening. It's just all getting thrown together. I'm just thinking about back to Rick and Morty, where they did this whole build-up to this villain that, you know, they were so excited to be bringing him into the series, and he's such a great villain, and they're so happy to be bringing him <laughs> in. And then the episode comes, and the villain doesn't dies off-screen. You never even see him alive. You just see his corpse. And it was it was such a, a powerful misdirect. I'm all like, you know, I'm wondering if this Cranch guy is going to turn out to be just some like minor character or something. <laughs> I think it's 100 percent possible. It could be like the whole Cranch thing is like a before the before the opening credits, yes, uh, cold open type thing, and that's it. Maybe could be. It's not the whole episode. Totally could be. McMahon is totally uh, screws with us like that. Totally possible. Could be. Well, let's see what else. Tawny Newsom loves the Earth outfits. She mentioned this in the Entertainment Weekly panel and in the Comic Con Hall H panel. She goes on and on about how her jacket is reminiscent of like the Picard leather jacket from Insurrection. Tendy's got the Linda Hamilton jacket from Terminator 2. Rutherford's in this weird asymmetrical Jake Sisko style sweater, which is amazing slash awful and then jack quaid's character boimler is is in a vest which is as i recall it's like a purple vest. it's a purple it like matches vest hair. he has <laughs> so it's not even just a purple vest he has a purple long sleeve shirt with a purple vest it's got like stripes on it like overlapping yeah, it's like oh plaid, yeah it's like it? a weird yeah. purple plaid like i don't know what the deal with that is he's on a grape farm he's wearing purple what the hell's the deal yeah. here i don't know they're really riffing on they really want to drive that purple thing home with the grapes yes. and the hair and the outfit but you know rutherford's <laughs> outfit is pure fire like i want to get that outfit yes, in real life it. it's amazing <laughs> you know that some that someone at conventions are going to show up wearing the rutherford sweater 100 percent. yeah and if they make them for <laughs> seven foot tall giants i will probably buy one <laughs> That would be amazing. Let's see, well, what else? Oh, yeah, they confirmed in the Entertainment Weekly panel that there is a Tendi Orion backstory episode, uh, episode six of this season, apparently. Yeah, as long as it's as good as the last Tendi Orion reveal segment, totally yeah. on board for that. It's weird because that is apparently also the DS9 episode, which we're going to talk about more oh. when we talk about the trailer. I missed that. Apparently, it's the same episode. Yeah, yeah. they mentioned that uh, that it's the same one. Huh. So, 
unclear with what that all means. Well, that was apparently the episode that Mariner got left out of, and Newsom was <laughs> right, very angry about. <laughs> apparently she just peer pressured Mike McMahon to just rewrite part of the episode so Mariner could go back on the station. Apparently. Hilariously, Mike McMahon also confirmed that DS9 was also a former Mariner posting. Yeah. And we were, con- or at least I was convinced when we were you know, watching the episodes that uh, Mariner was posted on the Keto, which is that uh, Olympic class that was docked at DS9 in the opening shot. Yeah, so that is yeah. uh, quite the surprise. Yeah. Did not see that coming. So apparently Mariner has uh, spent most of her life on famous spaceships, as we've all established <laughs> that she spent her childhood on the Enterprise D. Yes, that is your that is your theory, and you're you're sticking to no, it. No, I, I don't think that's a theory. That's a fact. <laughs> okay, Aaron facts trademark twenty twenty two. There you go. Okay, well I think that's all we can glean out of the Entertainment Weekly panel. So let's move on to the Hall H panel. You know, I gotta say they, I was watching this on YouTube. A lot of softball questions. We're not going to cover those here, but what I do want to cover is something called trek beef and apparently every single one of the actors has some kind of trek beef with its own theme song with uh, mike mcmahon and you know we just covered one of them the tawny newsome mariner not going on <laughs> onto ds9 so they all they all have some kind of uh of trek beef it was just funny to see yeah. they have kind of a they have a nice little chemistry there yeah they all they all seem like they like mike mcmahon is is their boss and they just give him crap the entire time i gotta say i definitely agree with quade's beef stance if we never get the uh Quaid's beef stance. That's a really weird thing to say. Um, if we do not get a boy... Mal- a beef stance, yes. yes. <laughs> I feel like that is some just shitty version of American <laughs> Kung Fu. Allow me to enter my beef stance. Beef stance. It's beef stance. <laughs> Form of <cow>. karate. <laughs> I love it. Anyways, uh, but I do agree with if we never get a uh, fake advertisement for boimler valley raisins i am just yeah i'm gonna swear off the series forever so now would you want the sweater that is the rutherford earth outfit or like a t-shirt that has the you know boimler valley raisins logo on? my question is why are these two things mutually exclusive there's lots of people <laughs> who make nerd outfits i can get yeah. both there's a graphic designer out there i'm sure that has uh, made the logo already so <laughs> You can't discount that. <laughs> but something else that came out of that that panel is Don Lewis, uh, Captain Freeman, does a, you know, she kind of goes into a little bit of her audition process. She goes on, you know, like they had to use fake names because they didn't know it was a Star Trek show, this and that. She did her supposedly Kirk slash Cisco impression when she was doing it. And that was enough to get her the job. So kind of neat. Getting yeah. a little backstory there. Um, apparently she also has some backstory with Nichelle Nichols, who... Uh, you may know uh, has recently passed away. So yeah, I did not know that they were uh, friends, and you know that's got to be super yeah. exciting to have you know this person that you uh, looked up to and eventually became friends with, and then you know to continue on their tradition. Yeah, completely. So that was kind of neat to get that backstory. You know, to go into a like not segue too much. It's kind of nice to see that discussion. And one thing that was never really said was to see just how much the world has changed from then to now. Where totally. Uhura was very much a important character, but also a token character, and it was a struggle to keep those people on the series back then. Whereas now, right. there's there's not even a second thought to that kind of casting. Right. Yeah, definitely. Nice to see it. Nice, uh, nice little homage there. 
Um, and what else? We got a little tidbit that they kind of gave McMahon some shit about not doing any voices, but apparently he does do a little bit of a placeholder Vulcan voice in one of the episodes. He doesn't say which one, and I, I can't even think of which which one he's talking about, but kind of a neat little tidbit. I'm betting it's Wage Douge. Wage Douge? Yeah, there's a lot of Vulcans in that. Oh, yeah. okay. Probably yeah, find somebody that had one line. Kind of could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him for getting his, his voice immortalized. <laughs> but yes, and they also cover the DS9 episode, which we're going to talk a little more when we do the trailer dissection, but it was kind of neat. They say that jump to sticks actually do show up. Of course, a fan favorite from, from DS9. And quote, some familiar faces, which we already know one from the trailer, but I wonder who else they got to show up. Are you betting Wait. on additional guest stars from DS9? Wait, we saw a familiar face? Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. All right, well, I'm not going to spoil it for, you know, yes. 10 minutes down the road in our podcast Later. when we're talking about it. Um, <laughs> you know what? Yes. I don't know. Like, it's all going to depend on context of what their appearance is. The problem is most of the characters are moved on by this phase, you know? I think Kira is still there. Doesn't she become the commander of the station after Cisco leaves or something? Thing is, there's no hard canon, though. It's, oh, there's yeah. There's no, no... Like, we've got, like, the story in Star Trek Online, for example, but, you know, they've shown that they can just... They just trounce it. I'm thinking of the novels, right? Like, Esri leaves DS9. Uh, sure. Even at the end of the series, you know, Garrick leaves to help his people. Bashir leaves. Mm -hmm. uh, O'Brien's back on Earth teaching engineering. Worf is in Quonos uh, as an ambassador. Like, yeah, it's just like, who are you going to see? I hope it's Jake Sisko, personally. And I hope (laughs) Rutherford is wearing the same outfit and Jake Sisko is all like, hey, I've got that same shirt. I love it. He's got, I've got two of those in my closet. Doubt that That would be amazing. Other stuff. So they had uh, Alex Kurtzman, who, you know, as, as you may know, is basically the master and commander of all things uh, Star Trek. I did not know that. That yeah. news well, to me. Yeah, now you do. <laughs> There's about five billion Star Trek shows on the air right now, and he kind of he kind of manages them all. Whoa, 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 buddy. I, I think your numbers of Star Trek episodes are off by <laughs> several orders of magnitude. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm sticking with five billion. So I feel like I would have noticed if every time I log into a streaming service, it's all Star Trek all the time. <laughs> Which I like Star Trek. Would you though? But I think that would be a bit much for me. Thank you. How dare you? There can never be enough Star Trek. Anyway, so he's uh, a little interesting behind the scenes info. I mean, he says that uh, every couple months, all of these show showrunners for all the live shows get together and share what they're doing, so they don't basically don't get in each other's way and they can do a little cross-pollination. Kind of interesting. I mean, because there's so many shows on the air, you know, we got Prodigy, we got Picard, we got Lower Decks, got Discovery. Which one am I missing? That's all of them, right? Uh, so wait, what did you say? Discovery, Lower Decks, <laughs> Strange New Worlds, Picard. Prodigy. Oh, Strange New Worlds. Picard. Yes. Wait, there's five, five shows! I was right! Yes. You're off by several <laughs> orders of magnitude. You just added a bunch of zeros. You're not even making up numbers. You know, and you're intentionally doing it wrong. I'm just waiting to see how many, uh, how, how long you'll go on for about my addition of zeros, which apparently is quite a long time. You know, I do. <laughs> so I have this dream, right? Or this vision of, I hope okay. there are lore masters at like the Star Trek production crew who are just like these super nerdy, way too into Star Trek guys. And when they have these meetings, they're like in the room and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to think. Uh, it's like losing their mind. Yeah, they're thinking. 
some like producers like, yeah, we're thinking of doing episodes about this, and one of the Lord Masters is all like pushes up his glasses like, well, actually, you can't really have <laughs> the Ferengi wielding bicarbonate sticks because bicarbonate was replaced by this other material, and I just I want to see that happen. Judging from the way they phrased it, they just get all the showrunners in, and then they just like have like like a free for all fencing match. There's no like moderator. They just get together and like duke it out. Like who oh. gets? No one gets to use Cisco except for me. I don't even want a moderator. I want like just like the nerds in the corner and all the like producers <laughs> are just every time the nerds talk, they're just like, oh god, here they go. <laughs> well, in episode thirteen of the original series. <laughs> It was revealed that fencing was still a major sport. <laughs> I think I think it's the opposite of that. They've got like some intern looking up memory alpha, <laughs> like in a panic, as like people are like arguing. It's like, oh shit, what is that? And he like frantically searches memory alpha for whatever it is, Gorn weddings or whatever. Yeah, I'm gonna be perfectly honest though. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that the lore nerds are probably not there, and it's probably like McMahon. Who's just, like, telling the Picard showrunners, like, ah, that doesn't fit. What are you guys doing? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's very much what it is, for sure. (laughs) I love it. So what else? There was a fun question that came out. They took a couple audience questions right at the end. And some audience member asked about the difference between the Gorn in Strange New Worlds versus the Gorn in the Gorn Wedding. If you recall the episode where Rutherford's implant keeps rebooting and then he just shows up at a Gorn Wedding at what point? Hashtag not all Gorn. Hashtag not all Gorn. You know, they go on to say, Mike, Mike McMahon is like, you know, there's centuries of difference. And you know what? Just because one is an alien ripoff, he didn't say that, but he heavily implied it. <laughs> doesn't mean that all Gorn are scary going to burst out of your chest. So we just don't know enough about Gorn. Yeah, you know, and, and to say one thing, while I liked those episodes where the Gorn showed up in Lower, uh, in lower Decks, geez, in Strange New Worlds, um... <laughs> Yes. Definitely was not a fan of the redesign of the Gorn and their reproduction methodology. Like, how does right. that become a advanced civilization, you know? I feel like that's just <laughs> on the road to failure, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Let's focus on Lower Decks. Yeah. Not all, not all Gorn. Hashtag not all Gorn. <laughs> you just tweet about that. Get on the uh, Twitter account and tweet that. Uh, I believe we've established that I am not allowed access to the Twitter account. Yeah, we'll let you on just to tweet that one hashtag, and then that's it. <laughs> but, you know, speaking about the uh, showrunner cross-pollination between the shows thing, there is a clip that I will, again, post in the show description about... It was during the Strange New Worlds panel, and a couple of the Lower Deck uh, Lower Decks actors, uh, Jack Quaid and Tony Newsom, just popped on stage and... We're like, hey guys, you know, we're, we're you know we're here and we're on your show, right? And it was confirmed that there will be some kind of crazy Lower Decks Strange New Worlds crossover. That episode directed by Jonathan Frakes, so it's kind of like a crazy crossover time. I am pleased that they got Jonathan Frakes as a director. That dude can do amazing work, and he has an incredibly wide range. Totally. Really yes. looking forward to the episode, and Frakes being the one in charge, definitely a big reason for that. But I do want to comment on something. You seem to be convinced that this is going to be a Roger Rabbit-style episode. <laughs> I think it may be. But you know what? I rewatched the clip. And, and you realized you're wrong? About it, yeah, I may be wrong. Yeah. I, I might have been wrong about that. I think they will either all go to animation or all go live action or both. I'm not I sure. I think they're going to do both. There's going to be segments that okay. are animation and segments that are live action. 
So I, I have two two suppositions on how this may go. One okay. is a potentially holodeck episode from starting okay. in Lower Decks where they visit Strange New Worlds timeline. And the other okay. is a tiny wimey segment where they basically team up and there will be segments where they do the Lower Decks era where it's animated and the Strange New Worlds era where it is live action. I think you're right. I hope you're right. But you know what? I, I also would not be opposed to a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit type situation either. I mean, when does that happen? Uh, Besides you know what? that movie. It's a little too zany for me. Uh, cool World? <laughs> Jesus, man. Everybody forgets about Cool World. Cool World? What is that? It's a terrible movie. I've never even heard of it. Um, you know what? That's probably for the best. That. Yeah. yeah. Sounds let's, like let's move on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's one of those things where you're just like, how are they going to do that? I don't care. It's going to be amazing. Uh, but let's go on to the what we I think is going to be the really fun part of this episode, which is uh, we're going to take a really close look at the Season 3 trailer that dropped at Comic-Con. And I'm going to do a, a bit of a shot-by-shot breakdown. And I've got a couple things. You know, there's just so much crammed into this trailer that I'm sure we're going to be missing stuff. Like, you were, you were mentioning before we recorded that there is a shot. And you're just like, there's got to be stuff in here. But it's just, you know, there's just, it's just too hard to pick out. There, there's 100% going to be things that we're missing. So just keep that in mind. If we're missing anything crazy, feel free to comment on the episode and tell us that you are a better Star Trek fan than us and can point out something really cool. So we're totally fine with it. Uh, but let's jump in. All right. And it's important to realize that we are talking about this chronologically. Yes. Yes. We're going to go start from the beginning. Yes. Which I think a lot of these scenes are out of order. Like they're scenes from individual episodes, but they're not presented chronologically yeah i think that's something we learned from last uh, the the season two trailer was that like all of these are just jam-packed with stuff from uh, like across the entire season so there's no reason to think just because things are next to each other chronologically that they are in any way related so there's there's that uh but let's start right at the beginning um the trailer opens with a mariner like jumping to a vine holding like a little weird klingon idol that instantly made me think of indiana jones and she's getting shot at from the back by someone and she looks like she's having a good time she i think that's it's very close to her earth outfit but i think it's a little bit different i think it's slightly different it's got to so, be from a different scene here is my theory is this is this a indiana jones ripoff yes 100 okay. percent. and here's my theory so in this scene she's wearing you know a adventurous outfit and we know this because she has a vest with right. pockets but in a later scene... <laughs> that means adventure. Yes. Vest with pocket always <laughs> means adventure. Jesus, dude. Obviously. Obviously, yeah. man. I don't even know why I do this podcast with you. You're just clueless. Clueless! <laughs> um, but there's a later scene in this trailer where we see a job fair. And next to the Starfleet booth is an archaeology booth. And while oh. Starfleet as the boring nerdy straightforward here's a job that'll uh, be a good career for you the archaeologist <laughs> is all like she's got her feet up on the table there's cool kitschy shit all over her tent like she's right. the cool one so i think that's gonna lead to a fight between mariner and the archaeologist where mariner's <laughs> all like yeah well i mean we do archaeology and starfleet and other stuff and she's gonna reference right. like picard being an archaeologist and shit <laughs> and that's going to lead to her archaeological adventure. 
to show the archaeologist up. I love it. It makes total sense. Although Mariner uh, advocating Starfleet is, is a little out of character, but you know what? I I could totally believe it if she's trying to show someone up. So Let's move on. Not even a second later, at the one second mark, we get the shot of Boimler holding a phaser rifle, wearing some kind of Klingon sash, and like smearing mud on his face. And it's it definitely screams '80s action movie. Oh yeah, um, and it's one of many many shots that are like Klingon related. Okay, so the thing that this immediately reminded me of was the movie Predator. Yes, and that immediately made me think it's probably from the Boimler gets hunted episode. And this is him <laughs> finally just accepting the battle, and he's all like, "Yeah, let's do this." Anything gets owned. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, great scene. Hopefully uh, it actually is uh, not done. Yeah. But in, again, at the one second mark, these these shots are fast and furious. We get a good view of all of the main four characters in their Earth outfits. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but a really good shot of the Rutherford uh, sweater in that in that shot. So the amazing time. Rutherford sweater. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking that they need to put that up for sale. It's, it's going to be on Etsy. Someone's going to make it and put it on Etsy for sure. But let's uh, move on to the 10-second mark. There is the shot that you mentioned at the hiring fair where Boimler and Mariner are at a like a Starfleet recruitment booth. You can see barely on the left side of the shot there's some kind of Spock photo booth where you know you stick your face through and, and you can be Spock. And it's funny, Mariner says the prepare for Warp 10 excitement. And thanks to TrekCore on Twitter... They discovered the extremely deep, 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 deep cut, apparently on the novelization of the Wrath of Khan on the back of the book. The tagline is prepare yourself for Warp 10 excitement, which is exactly what Mariner says. I mean, that's a deep cut even for me. I thought it was just a funny line, but thanks to TrekCore, they they showed me how deep a cut it was. You know, when I was telling you this after we first watched this trailer, that like, I feel like this scene is of like deep cuts totally all of the booths so like there's this gotta be there's this weird like at the very end like like circular booth with like a round circle on the front and i swear i've seen that but i can't place it at the far end next to what i think is the vulcan uh booth um which i don't know what like a vulcan job fair would involve there is this weird like bronze structure there with a, a purple guy standing out front, and I swear I've seen that before too, and I just can't place it. There's so many characters in that in that shot, though the establishing shot. There's got to be tons of stuff in there. I think I spotted some of the crystal alien people from the first season. Yes, there's there's some of those guys in there. But you know what? There's also the right before the scene you were talking about with the uh, Spock cutout. There's a wide shot right. of the booth. Which, I mean, right. it's got a number of stuff in there. Just the There's an Antedon in the background. Oh, God, there's an alien in the foreground who I, I cannot place his race to save my life. But there's also this weird <laughs> dude with, like, these gold ribbons going around his head. And I it kills me that I cannot remember where we've seen this guy. It's, it's an original series callback. But I can't tell if it's original series or animated series. But I know huh. I've seen this guy before, and it's it's just killing me that I can't remember from where. <laughs> my my Trek lore is failing me. Well, if any of our listeners know, tweet us at Lower Dorks and tell us uh, who the the Gold Ribbon Alien is. We want to know. We're gonna look like Aaron will not sleep. Huge idiots. I mean, that's already the case, so we're fine. Well, no, I'm used to you looking like a huge idiot, but me, 
That's that's this, not this my case. Thing. We can both. We'll be on equal ground. It'll be fine. Uh, let's move on. At the 16-second mark, there is the Federation News Network reporter. I thought this was interesting just because I don't think we've ever seen a like a TV view of a reporter before. I think the only reporter we've seen is Jake Sisko and no actual newscaster shots. So it's interesting that it'll, be, it'll now be canon that the there's some kind of Federation News Network reporting show. It's the FNN. News right. of the Galaxy is their slogan. I just, right. I, I like that as a title. <laughs> Very Federation-centric, huh? Yep. Yep. These things happen. But they also have, like, the scrawl at the bottom. Yes. And there's one! And you only see a part of it. It says, Sisters from Active Duty Starships. What does that mean? What, <laughs> what is the other part of that statement? I don't know. Oh yeah, I do want to know. I, I just I want to see how that much full, will they show us in the full show? crawl. We'll have to analyze that when the episode actually comes out. And of course, the Buffalo Solar Knights. What's going on with the Buffalo Solar Knights? And what are they eclipsing? <laughs> I I imagine that it's a sports team of some kind. I I'm betting. Yeah, unfortunately. Let's see, but not four seconds later, at the twenty second mark, at uh, Cisco's Creole Kitchen makes an appearance. Um, that's where Rutherford and Tendi are having dinner. I love that apparently, even though the show takes place on Earth, the show is doing nothing to add Earth-based locations. And it's kind of always been a joke of Star Trek that, like, uh, if the show is has locations on Earth, it's in only one of a very few select places. And the fact that Cisco's uh, kitchen shows up just makes it even more, more hilarious. You know what, though? I, I don't think... I know it's a big gag, but, like, I don't think that's necessarily true. We see lots of locations mm. on Earth. Like, Cisco's is, you know, obviously been visited because it was an important part of some episodes. But we visit sure. we visit uh, Picard's Vineyard. We visit Sandrine's at one point, even though it's only a holodeck recreation. Sure. We visit not just Federation headquarters. We also have visited Starfleet Academy. We've visited the office of the president of the Federation. There's lots of mm-hmm. locations they've been to. It's just... There's not really a lot of purpose in, like, visiting random places. Ooh, you know what? In Enterprise, they visited Florida. Who would have ever guessed that Star (laughs) Trek would go to Florida? I mean, I don't even want to go to Florida. I suspect most Floridans don't want to go to Florida. Florida. But Star Trek went there. I think they went to Brazil in Enterprise, too, right? Isn't that where Archer goes to pick up... uh, Jeez, this is turning into an Enterprise episode. Let's move on before things go bad. (laughs) Yes, let's do that. The next shot I thought was fun was at the 34-second mark. Um, It's an establishing shot in front of a waterfall. Whoa, wait, wait, hold on a second. We're going to roll back here. You're going to skip over the best part of the Cisco scene. Oh, what's the best part? Where Mariner comes in with the perfectly timed quip. And Rutherford asks her if she was just standing outside waiting for it. I love that. Because that is the only way that that moment ever works. And the fact that they are calling it out. And it was It's so meta. You know, and then it it also does this great job of setting up Boimler's new attitude. Because it's like, yeah, she was totally doing that. You're totally right. Yes. Yeah, it totally fits the... Uh, Bo- I mean, we already knew Boimler was starting to be a badass. I mean, the real question, though, season. is Boimler in that scene is drinking a drink? Where did he get yes. the drink? 
I imagine there's like a bar at the front of the restaurant and they were just like hanging out at the bar and waiting for Rutherford to say something that Mariner could just bust in at. They just ordered a couple cocktails. I am betting in the world of Star Trek, like if you don't have to make money, like there's probably bars and restaurants everywhere that are just like only open occasionally because yeah, you don't need to make money so you don't have to pay rent. So follow your dreams and don't risk anything, you know? Work three days a year. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, I want to talk about the turtle birds. Let's go back to the time index 34 seconds with the establishing shot in front of the waterfall and the turtle birds. You know, there's no, there's no context. We don't know anything about them, but they're flying creatures that are in turtle shells. Yeah, I, I don't know why you're focused on this. There's like three scenes between the turtle birds and the last scene and you just skip over all of them because you're like turtle birds turtle birds i mean it's true ignoring like how ridiculous that biology is like unless this planet is like super low gravity those turtle birds are not going to be able to fly maybe they're like made of styrofoam like styrofoam weighted they're not very thick shells we need to get a biologist on this show to talk about the, tur- the turtle birds. Um, you know what? Good luck with that. I'm going to leave that to you. <laughs> okay. But yeah, there's you. also Appreciate like uh, plenty of other cool scenes. Like you get to see one of the star bases, which is very much the... Uh, God, that star base has shown up in like every series, you know, with the central bulb and the weird pads all around it. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you also get the uh, ransom line. Starfleet isn't all about getting fed fruit by exotic aliens with weird forehead <laughs> and then we ridges. literally see that happen yes yeah. so here's here's the thing at the 34 second mark we get the uh, billups and rutherford getting pampered by orange people have we seen those or- those orange people before i cannot place that i want to say there were orange aliens in tos but they were like background aliens mm, okay it's got to be a reference, I feel like. I don't think it's it really matters. They're not just tan. So I've though realized my uh, Rutherford <laughs> Billups ship has changed now. It, it's no longer Whoa. a romance. It's a bromance. Okay. They're going to be best friends <laughs> and okay. have adventures together. And that's what I hope for. Okay. I think that's a very reasonable expectation. Indeed. They're all they're all equals in this, in this shot. Like, despite the rank gap, they're both getting pampered by orange people, so. Indeed. It's, it's very possible. Moving on to the 44-second mark, they show the naked Cerritos, the whole platingless Cerritos, being stolen. I think that's what's going on in the scene. And it's hilarious because it shows these uh, Starfleet guys going like, oh no, they're stealing the Cerritos. And in that shot, the Earth is in the background. And apparently they just put the Cerritos in a space dock in Earth orbit and that's where they steal it from? Yeah. They make, they make this big deal about, like, well, where's the Cerritos? Well, that's why they go find uh, Rutherford, because he knows where it is. But here's the better part. <laughs> like, what's going on with the crew that they can't just look it up in a Starfleet database? Have they been booted, too? Are they no longer active duty? That's the real that's question. That's what it makes it seem like, because yeah. they're on forced forced leave, basically. Yeah. I still think, I, I still think Mariner is, by, doing, by stealing the ship, is, like, screwing up. Starfleet Intelligence or Section 31's plan to foil the package. Yeah, well, that, that's that's my theory, and I hope that's what winds up happening. Yeah. I, but you know what? It's it's all callback to Search for Spock. You know, that's, that's totally. what they're trying to do. But I do also want yeah. to comment on another angle of this scene. There is a guy who is playing 3D chess. One of the guys in this scene, the dude with the curly hair. 
They do another shot viewing them from the outside of whatever room they're in. And he's got a 3D chess going in the background (laughs) on his computer. (laughs) You got to bring back the 3D chess. You know, they they like to have like the random little things in in, uh, Lower Decks and it's always been like appetizers or random things like the ds9 model if you remember that yes (laughs) it's nice to get it's like a it's like a it's like a real thing but it's on a computer which just makes it even more funny i think indeed very meta well i just like the fact that he's on the job at work but he's actually playing (laughs) like come on that is such a thing that people do oh completely but on to the 49 second mark we get the intro of some voice talent from Deep Space Nine, Martok, with his eye missing and everything, screaming at the Martok. Uh, yes. Is he going to? Are they going to save him just for the DS Nine episode? Do you think? Because no. there's obviously some other Klingon stuff happening. I in this think season. yes. I think that is wrong. I think you are connecting two things. And for me to explain this, move on to the next scene after this. Okay. Yeah, at the 50-second mark, right after the Martok, we get this celebration shot of uh, the four main characters, and they're all, like, wielding Klingon weapons, and it looks like they're kind of in, like, Klingon cosplay or something. So, two things going on in this scene. First off, they're all eating chips and guac, which immediately Mm -hmm. has, you know, made me realize all of the main characters have terrible taste. But... (laughs) Wow. They also, You're hating on chips and guac. Chips and man, like chips are fine. Guac is terrible, man. You're a maniac. Get out of here. You know what? I, I I'm fine being a maniac with taste. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but there is another thing on the table which appears to be some sort of game board, and in mm-hmm. front of that game board is a screen. Theory: Martok is actually a character in an equivalent to the Klingon VCR game. From the 90s. <laughs> as oh my just God. Bartok instead of Gowron, and that's <laughs> what they're playing. I love it. Although, if you recall, the uh, board game, the, the board from that game was just a map of the Enterprise. You know what, Stavros? So, but, uh, you could be honest. Stop something. raining on my parade. I'm just pointing out, you know, you got you shit on chips and guac. I gotta, I gotta make critiques about the yeah, because I, I shit on things that are terrible. Whereas you th- shit on blood memories from our childhood. <laughs> you will experience <laughs> Those beige. <could> be terrible. <laughs> experience beige. Oh no, low level malfunction. Oh my god, favorite. Anyway. Terrible, absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, I think you mean amazing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's go to the next shot. Um, at the 51 second mark, it's it's got the text, A Search for Adventure, over it. You get one of several shots of the Delta Flyer. I don't know if it's the Delta Flyer or just a, if there's a Delta Flyer class by this point. Well, but here's unknown. the thing. We've seen the Delta Flyer plenty of times in the series. And we even previously had theorized that it turned out the Delta Flyer was just such a great design that Starfleet adopted it, right? Right. Yeah. But it's it's possible. But don't you think it might be the Delta Flyer with this level of uh, focus on it? Could be. Or a recreation, like the Lower Deckers rebuild the Delta Flyer. Because oh, yeah. there's a follow-up scene to this, but I want to point something out. The Delta Flyer is chasing another starship in this scene. And both yes. of them are flying through this like row of like weird glowing beacons. Yes, very reminiscent of the Voyager episode, the racing one. Yeah, which is, as you pointed out, the very next scene. 
<laughs> right. At the 52-second mark, we get a shot of Rutherford in what appears to be a racing uniform from that Voyager episode, whose name escapes me at the moment. But the, they made the costumes just for that one episode, and they were never seen again except for in Lower Decks. Well, I mean, like, they weren't needed again? I'm just saying, why why put the production... This is one of my pet peeves. They don't want to upgrade everyone's uniform to the first contact uniform, but making racing uniforms, that's fine. It's two uniforms, I'm not getting all upset about it. Two uniforms. Like, it's it's an afternoon for a seamstress. Cut some slack. <laughs> uh, but the I think that episode was called Drive, right? Which was just funny. Drive. Sounds familiar. Because it's a racing episode in space. They're not driving. They're flying. <laughs> Come on, people. Go back to 1998 and critique those voices. But another, there's this really like brief cutaway to those two ships flying side by side through yes. a like ring of a gas giant. Which kind of makes me right. think that, yeah, this is going to be a racing episode. Totally. There's actually another shot of that later in the uh, in the trailer. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Talk about that second ship. Yep. But just a few seconds oh, later, God, we get scene. 54 second mark. Yes. There must be an episode about aliens reading people's thoughts and giving them their nightmares. Because there is a clear angle of nightmare Klingon clowns. <laughs> so it's funny when you freeze frame it you get to see a lot more detail they have like bat for arms yes. basically or like bat lefts bounce into their arms and red wigs and with white face paint <laughs> just makes me laugh yeah. looking at them it's they, they are hilarious there's actually another scene that this is referenced to where they drop crystals on the ground and it's all like oh no the crystals like I don't even remember animate your nightmares or whatever and Rutherford right. is all like Ah, but I don't like my nightmares. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> so so good. I'm I'm trying to guess because we see several clips of this, right? So yes. you've got this one with Klingons with batless for arms, the Klingon clowns. But there's also right. in the background like a weird purple I don't even know what that thing is. It's got yeah, like tentacles yeah. and yeah. Is that like a reference to something or I don't think so. I think they it must just be a custom alien because I don't recognize it. Yeah, but I feel like this also turns up later in the trailer where we see more of yes. these things. Do we need more nightmare Klingon clowns? Probably not. Everyone needs more nightmare Klingon clowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you need more of is the next shot I pulled from at the fifty eight second mark of Ransom just tearing his shirt off and being all glistening and sweaty and mariner just completely devouring him uh, from behind you know what is that what's going on i i i feel like yes they need to they need to follow up on this uh on this on this romance the uh i don't even think it's necessarily romance i think she's just hot for him and and who wouldn't what should we call it you know this must be yeah i mean yeah there's no romance involved just hot monkey sex you saw this part in the trailer you're like that's my boy that's my ransom indeed well, let's move on uh, to the one minute and four second mark. Oh, wait, we're, we're skipping over something here. Oh, what are we skipping? At the uh, one minute, uh, what is it, three second mark? Not three seconds. Where is this scene? Oh, it's the 59 second mark. So I guess we're a little okay. bit further. It's the crew, the lower deckers in their Earth outfits on the bridge of the Cerritos. And I assume this is when they're leaving space dock. But something is happening right. here. Where Boimler and Mariner are mortified, and Tendi is just like, "Oh yeah, this is wonderful." I missed that on my. I just viewing. really want to know what's going on in this scene because it is amazing. 
You can't see what she's so uh, what she's so excited about. Indeed. She's just really and then uh, another scene at uh, one minute two, we get Billups having a uh, complete breakdown, and Shaq's just not yes. having any of it. Yes, that is true. I lo- doesn't Billups like slap Shaq's in that scene? I love the fact that like for some reason he slaps Shaq's, and it's such a like pansy half-ass slap. <laughs> and then Shaq's is just like, oh god, this is my life. Like, just fantastic <laughs> facial animation there. Doing Miglimo's job. Indeed. Doing the counselor's job. I love it. All right. Well, should we go to the one minute, four second mark with uh, Captain Freeman's Crazy uh, experience with Freeman? some puppies? So what's going on? I I'm, I feel like this is a red herring for what's going on with Captain Freeman right now. This has got to be a different episode than, than her standing trial. So here's the thing. There's another scene of this. Her in that outfit where they're like locking her in some sort of case. And she's like, what are you people doing? And they do it anyways. And then it's her on board the station with the puppies going crazy. I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going on there. I feel like that is a (laughs) continuation of the uh, Freeman trial scene. Like they find her not guilty by reason of insanity. So they send her to some, (laughs) you know, therapy farm or some nonsense. (laughs) Send her to the farm. But uh, I don't know if they handle standard insanity. Though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And I feel like mm. I'm probably wrong in my guess. Maybe this will be like a TNG callback to the episode where aliens are trying to make Riker think that he's crazy. So he'll reveal mm. the secrets of the Enterprise or something. Right. It could be. I don't know. It could be. We'll see. Not enough information. The puppies are all cute. Though. Look at how big they made their eyeballs. Yeah, so I know. Um. So, yeah. What is that? TLI? Too little information? <laughs> yeah, TL, TLI. TLI! Come on, Mike. Give us something. Trademark Lore Dorks 2022. TLI. But you know what's not TLI is Cranch in the very next shot, 105, popping through a uh, ceiling panel and chasing after Boimler. I say Cranch because I assume it's Cranch, the one that the monster that yeah. was alluded to in the Entertainment Weekly. You know, panel. it really, really reminds me of the aliens from Mass Effects. The, uh, what are they, the... Uh, his facial features. Oh, the uh, Turians. Turians, right? yes. Uh, yes. Very much reminds me of them. Mm. I don't know. It's just something about the facial features. Like, do you see it? Yeah. Uh, I think so, yes. They've got this, like, the side bones or something. Yeah. Something about the facial structure. I mean, the body yeah. type is all wrong. Like, the body type is... It's all cat-like. Not even... With the huge torso. Yeah, the huge torso, the, you know, massive bulk, the legs yeah. that are whatever they're called when they have the multi-jointed yes come on Stavros, yeah. what are those called look it uh, up what a, the whatever the, the the fancy legs that's what they're called they're not called fancy legs dude nice try <laughs> no i totally know what you're talking about but also interesting is he has a wide variety of weapons he's got a sword a glaive a spear he appears to be uh stabbing boimler with a knife of some variety and you know what Yes. Like, the scene looks like he actually stabs Boimler. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, he's joining the club with Mariner as somebody who has... Yeah, getting stabbed. Yeah. Got to get, get that scar. The scar collection that Mariner has. He's working on his own. Well, I was thinking more of the <laughs> fact that in the pilot episode, Mariner stabbed Boimler. Oh, stabs him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess she doesn't stab he's, him. He's she, the... she cuts him. Cuts a chunk off his yeah. leg. Yeah, yeah. This feels pretty graphic, as I recall. You could see the muscles and everything. Yeah, Ooh, like, gross. way... Oh, wait. 
I just realized he's not actually stabbing him. He's just cutting through his uniform. Oh, just through his yes, uniform. There's yes, no blood? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Maybe he's fine. Maybe Wormler doesn't die in that episode. But speaking of extreme violence, I want to go to one minute and ten second mark where Dr. Ta'ana has a Starfleet issue chainsaw and is about to <laughs> chainsaw a dude's foot off because there's a, there's a monster on his foot? Yes. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Can I- I love the design of the chainsaw, right? It has, like... It's not even, like, a normal chainsaw. It has, like, a gun-type handle, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Just amazing design. (laughs) And I love how, like, she doesn't even... She's not, like, calm about it or anything. She's all, like, yelling, like, Ah! And she (laughs) comes... Effing amazing. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Continues the tradition of putting the Starfleet Delta on freaking everything. Oh, jeez, yeah, it's... It's on the chainsaw as well. Which means that Starfleet issued chainsaws for some reason. Uh, they're medical chainsaws, obviously. I mean, obviously. I mean, if, they have, if you have the medical rifle, yeah, exactly. you need the medical Medical chainsaw. rifle, medical yeah. chainsaw. What's next? Uh, medical <laughs> mortar. I mean, I'm not. we can't discount their existence. I mean, you can so discount their existence. Exist. They don't exist. Oh, God. Oh God. Okay, well, yeah. let's, let's continue going. The 15 second, one minute and 15 seconds, Mariner is parachuting down uh, something which is very reminiscent of the Star Trek 2009 reboot film yes. where they parachute down the mining drill platform thing. This, I am wondering. Gotta be a reference. I am wondering if, because like in the background of the shot after she bounces off the thing, you can see another right. one in the background, which right. like at first I assume this is going to wind up being like some sort of space elevator right Mm. Um, it's like a tower right yeah but it's not it's just like a tower and there's this big bulbous thing at the top like i have no idea what that is t-l-i t-m t-m (laughs) t-l-i-t-m i do love though yes we need to know more that she just bounces off of the wall it's amazing (laughs) it's better do you remember in that film the the like the overconfident dude yeah who winds up uh, dying horribly dies yeah like completely gratuitous death like and there's where it is (laughs) like that scene didn't even make it feel like more serious like more high stakes it just made you think like oh shit Oh, yeah, some Starfleet officers are just incompetent assholes, just like real life. Yeah, they need to get on top of their training. They can, they just can't just have people all being all incompetent like that. <sighs> anyway, let's go on to oh, 1 minute no. and 19 let's, seconds. Let's not, oh, let's not. You have another one? Yeah, I got another one. Okay. There is a scene with Mariner on the bridge crying, and the rest of the crew oh. is all standing around comforting her. What's the time index on that? That is 116. And okay. you know what? I don't know what's going on. Don't care. I just like the scene. Of Mariner suffering? <laughs> of Mariner suffering. <laughs> it's interesting, though. You can see a planet in the background. So it's like, I think this is they're trying to steal the Cerritos and they fail. I get the feeling like oh. this is going to be a whole like search for Spock moment where they steal the Cerritos and they get it out of space dock and they go to warp and warp drive immediately fails. <laughs> Good morning, Captain. Yes. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I hope so. We'll see what happens. It's just that that was an interesting <laughs> image that okay. I thought probably okay. meant something. Exciting. Yeah. And then, of course, you get the weird whirlpool scene with uh, Tendi in her underwear and Mariner in her underwear. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure what to even make of yeah, that. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, there's no the context to where we can conclude no. anything. But Just screaming. There's Jack Quaid screaming in that uh there's the jack quaid screaming in most episodes that's true <laughs> that dude's uh, vocal cords have got to be you know reinforced 
He's done a lot of screaming in his time. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's voice acting. I imagine you're just not screaming all the time. All right, this is take 29, Jack Quaid screaming. You got to modulate the screams. You got to do a little higher, a little lower, a little longer, a little shorter. I bet by now they just have like a default Jack Quaid screaming sound set. They've got to have. It's like they got a soundboard and they just insert it when they need it. Yeah, they they must. They have like a bank. Just they banked them. Uh, but I want to talk about ships. Yes, at the ships. one minute nineteen mark, the uh, we get another shot of the Delta Flyer, a couple shots, and it's super hard to see. But if you freeze frame at the right point, there's a a shot with a Dederex in the background, a Romulan. Yes, Dederex. and the other vessel. I think this is the racing scene, right? Where yeah, probably the Delta Flyer and whatever other ship that is in the foreground is going to be like their competition in the race. It's okay. a really neat design. Yeah. But it's interesting because initially, I had actually completely reversed it, right? I had thought mm-hmm. that it was flying towards the Dideradix, but it's actually flying away. They're flying away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means it has this really big bubble butt. Yeah, it's got a huge butt. Yeah. Yeah. So, like a skinny, a skinny head and a huge butt. Yeah. Uh, really interesting yeah. design. I'm looking forward to seeing what that thing is. It's got to be small too, right? Because it's, I mean, it's hard to tell from the perspective. There's another shot where both ships are flying yeah, towards I the bottom part like, of the frame. Probably like it's small. Volume wise, it's slightly larger than the, actually not volume wise. Volume wise, it's probably slightly smaller than the Delta Flyer, but like space wise, it takes, it's like spread out more. Right. So. Yeah. Really intrigued to see right. what that thing is. I'm really interested. I yeah. kind of like the design. I wonder if it's going to be some kind of hot rod. You know, it's it's it doesn't have all of the science junk that the Delta Flyer has. Yeah. It's like built for speed or something. Yep. It's hard to say. Yeah, definitely. Looking forward to seeing what that is. And of course, I think I know what you're going to next, but you're skipping over a bunch of scenes. Oh, tell me. What, what do you want um, to talk so about? So there's Mariner in the weird zero-G room with the technology in the background. No idea okay. what's going on there. So obviously that's why you skipped it over because there's nothing to talk about there. There's nothing to talk about, yeah. But there is also the Tendi running through the hallway. But what I noticed about this episode, or the scene rather, is she's got some weird tech device in her hand. But in the background, there's a mix of Cerritos and TNG movie era uniforms in the background. Interesting. So I'm like, this has got to be the DS9 episode. Which definitely plays mm. into the whole it's a tendy centric episode. But it's just, I don't know how yes, they would make be. that work. Yeah, it's tough. TLI. 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 Was there more, or nope, should we move a, on yeah. to, the to the TNG uh, masks reference? Yes. <laughs> At the 1 minute 21 second mark, there's a shot of Captain Freeman with a thing on her face that looks very reminiscent yep. of the uh, masks, TNG episode masks that. That data wears going so. going full crazy with power in this scene though yeah like, is this another like ransom gets power and it goes to his head type thing or is she being hijacked by aliens or something here do you think yeah i think she's being hijacked by aliens there's no other reason to make that visual callback yeah i think you're right. yeah it's gotta be it be interesting to see though what happens in that episode you know it's probably going to turn out to be like one of those uh q callbacks where it like has no bearing on the episode. It's just like a cutaway gag. Yeah. <laughs> has Lower Decks historically done cutaway gags? Oh my though? god. Not really. What a if, little bit. What if this is the lead-in to her going to uh, the crazy farm 
where oh. her exposure to the mask. Because that was one of the things that always bothered me about that episode where Picard basically lives that life because he encounters that probe and it downloads the memories of right. its homeworld. That's kind of He just goes you. back to work the next yeah, day. He yeah, he goes back to work the next day. And you're like, yeah, no, he lived an entire life. He had family, friends. He like watched yeah. his greatest achievement in life be a failure. Like That's going to fuck with him. Like, he is not just going back to being Picard tomorrow. Like, definitely not. That is, there's all, there's all kinds of places where that's shown up. Like, isn't Voyager where, uh, isn't that Harry Kim gets like locked in a jail for X years and it's the same situation where like just a few hours have passed. You know what though? They've done some really good like exploration of trauma and people's responses to it. Voyager has one of my like standout captain moments where Janeway tells Harry Kim. After he has this like right. really traumatic experience, it's all like, you need to take some time off. He's like, no, I'm fine. She's like, no, you're not. Like, you never really see that where it's all like a captain trying yeah. to tell somebody to deal with their shit. Um, you yeah, also have the episode totally. Family. Or is it Family? Yes. Where Picard mm-hmm. goes family. home to, it's one of my favorite yeah. episodes, can never remember the name. And basically yeah, has family. his brother, like, convince him to, you know, go back and be like, you're, you're not a different man. Fantastic right. episode. Um, they have the episode where O'Brien is in the fantasy prison, and when he gets out, yes, like his experience there have traumatized him. Episodes like that are just like really fantastic, and you don't see that too often. I would love it if this episode turns out to be the comedy version of that. I love it. Yeah, what a great you know we talked about before. This this show is partial comedy, partial like serious Star Trek. So totally, I would love to. See I would actually like love to see it if. <laughs> Freeman isn't traumatized by the experience. She's like, yeah, <laughs> she's fine. That wasn't me. That was an alien entity that took me over. And Starfleet is all like, we're, we're going to send you to get some, some mental health care. She's like, no, no, you don't get it. I'm fine. I know that wasn't <laughs> me. And like, she, Force her to take time off. <laughs> she just kind of goes nuts dealing with their, their care. And that's why she seems crazy in the puppy room. She's dealing all like, puppies, yeah. I'm fine. I hate I need puppies. to get back to work. Let me go back to work. I love it. Anyway, well, TLI, one way or the other. One way or the other. Let's go to the next scene, the next shot, um, 122. The 122, what? No, you're skipping 121. What? Oh, there's more of 121 you want to cover? Yeah, there's there's the shuttle crash. It's just a shuttle crash. It's awesome. I love shuttle crashes. Yeah, it's well animated, actually. Like, bits break off and stuff. Yeah, I I keep wanting to watch it, like, frame by frame. To try and see, like, what the name of the shuttle is. Is it the Sequoia that's crashing? I don't know. I don't think it shows. I tried doing the same thing. No. I tried looking for the uh, name, and I don't think Well, I'm glad one of us went frame by frame, because I didn't. I'm pretty lazy. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I'm wrong. You know, somebody on the internet's probably like, excuse me, it is totally the Sequoia. In which case, you know what? Comment on the episode and tell us why we were wrong. I'm fine with it. Or don't. We don't really care. We do this for ourselves. (laughs) We're not your mom. Because we're well-adjusted. Okay. Let's talk about Screaming Peanut Hamper in the next shot, 122. Indeed. There's obviously going to be... It's unclear if it's like an episode dealing with Peanut Hamper being terrible because she is. Or like just some like cutaway like gag or something. Yeah. Um, interesting, though, in the background, it has the uh, TOS, uh, the motion picture, weird like streaking lights. That isn't the traditional oh. warp speed in the background. Right. Well, you suppose that could yeah, be. Yeah, I, I have no idea what that means. And of course, Peanut Hamper appears to be in some sort of weird, like, collection of junk. 
I'm wondering if maybe yeah, this is sl- going to tie in to the whole uh, Freeman getting exonerated arc, and Peanut Hamper has mm. been like plugged in to a pack led ship or some nonsense. It could be. Last we saw Peanut Hamper, she was in close proximity to a pack led ship, so floating through space. It's totally possible, indeed. But the next several shots are like a rapid fire, and I, I don't think we I picked out all of them. But in, at one twenty three, there is a shot of it's it's not even clear which character this is, but he's got I don't know like psychedelic spikes coming out of his face. Like what in, what the hell is even going on there? Yeah, I kind of think that might be Boimler, but it's unclear. Yeah, it's hard to say in animation. You know what? The nose kind of makes me think it's Boimler because he yeah. has the very downward pointy nose. Whereas if it was like Rutherford, he has the very straight nose, and I think Tendy's nose is more rounded. Right. So I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. But I think it's going to be somebody who is hallucinating due to whatever alien mist they're exposed to. He's just like on drugs. Yeah, That's I think this is probably going to be the nightmare That's episode. That's your guess? Very well could be. But I think the one of the very next shots, still at 123, is... Uh, God, what's the, what's the guy's name? The Ransom fanboy. Oh, uh, Steven. Stevens, yes, yeah, Stevens. <laughs> He's like running away from Quetzalcoatl, from the, we've seen in the animated series episode, How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth. Like, they didn't call him Quetzalcoatl. He was like Kula yeah, something or another. Yeah, he had a different name. But it was basically a Quetzalcoatl. It's weird, though, that they went with that, because like, people know Quetzalcoatl. They don't know... Kuklacan. Kuklacan, yes. Kuklacan. Kukulkan, yes. yes. That's um, but he was that, famously that the alien that made his starship look like himself because he's a huge narcissist. Right. <laughs> this is funny. What a weird little callback. Why is Stevens... Uh, is this a nightmare from Stevens? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Like, why is this Stevens' nightmare? Like, Kukulkan wasn't even, like, evil or anything. He was just kind of a weirdo, you know? Yeah, I don't know. But it's it's interesting to see him show up there. Yet more animated series references that we have insufficient context to really understand. Yep. But there it is. T-L-I. T-L-I. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, then following on from that, though, there's a bunch of really just, like, weird scenes of people standing around. Why include yeah. scenes of people standing around in your trailer? <laughs> but there's also a pretty good scene where, like, like a bunch of people are running out of a cave carrying crystals like they were rifles. Yes. Like, right. what is going on with that? jump to conclusion like my assumption is this is that same weird nightmare planet but probably wrong we usually are hmm yeah hard to say tli 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 going on there (laughs) but pop ahead to uh one minute 25 um there's a shot of rutherford exiting a a shot and if you look i mean you know me i'm obsessed with weird details um uh weird details no you're obsessed (laughs) with clothing dude i think you miss your true calling as a I just have fashion a problem designer. Fashion critic, I think. I don't know if I can actually design anything. But Rutherford is wearing a, a uniform that we haven't seen before. Um, it looks very reminiscent of a First Contact era uniform. But there are some differences. They're at the shoulder uh, beneath the gray color. Yeah, it's um, just a, a strip of pure white. white stripe rather than the yeah. off, like, lighter gray that you usually see. Yeah. So what do you think is, is up with this? Is this a first contact evolution of the uniform or something? Or No effing clue, dude. I am lost. Yeah. TLI? Yeah. Don't, don't know what's going on here. I'm hoping yeah. we get, like, a time travel episode, though, where, like, they travel around to a bunch of different eras, and this is one of the eras they go to. But there's other stuff going on in this scene, too. Like, there's some weird Jack Preacher up on a podium. 
like yeah. just sermonizing. Like, what's going on with that? There's this weird yeah. like alien cat lizard thing that's like turning to look at Rutherford running away. But even more than that, Rutherford seems super happy about whatever's going on here. That is true. So many questions. No idea what's going on. No idea. All I can do is fixate on weird fashion details. So there is that. Yes, indeed. Oh, wait. You know what? I just realized there's another thing. Oh. As the mm-hmm. scene goes along, you see Boimler and Mariner in cloaks in this scene. Yeah, they're, they seem like they're disguised or something. Yeah. It's unclear what's going on. But they're on. turning to look mm-hmm. at Rutherford, and Boimler seems pissed about what's going on, and Mariner <laughs> is, like, cheering him on. Like, what is going on? So many questions. <laughs> we don't know. There's there's a lot of TLI going, happening right now. I'm betting this is going to be on the planet with the crystals, so we'll see what happens. Oh, they're going to go back to the crystal planet? Well, I mean, not Could necessarily be. that planet, but it looks like there's going to be a new planet with crystals this season. Oh. Crystals. That's a, that's a lot of crystal motif for one show. I, You know what? It's a crystal planet of season, and everything's fine. Fair enough. Let's go to your favorite, the Cetacean Ops shot. Your favorite uh, locale on the entire ship that you wish you never saw. But, you know, hilariously, so I did a little frame-by-frame frame shot here. So here's what I think is going on in this scene. I think this is the Cranch episode with yeah. Boimler getting chased. And something is chasing him. Yeah, weird... it looks like a, like a glowing batarang. It's like a little glowing batter. It totally looks like a batter. It's got to be in one of Cranch's little, uh, like, if you if you look at the shot, he's just got, like, equipment all over his back and stuff. Yeah. He just must have, like, a utility belt yeah. where he's got stuff throwing about And him. Boimler's outfit is, like, totally torn here, too. So, you yeah. know they've been doing battle. But I love the fact that it's belugas, they're all like, hey, man, belugas, don't yeah. jump in here with dirty shoes. Absolutely love that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> But more Cranch is where we're, what I'm getting from that one. And let's see, moving on. At the 1 minute 30 second mark, there is a shot of what I assume is the Nightmare episode. <laughs> so there's, it's very brief, but there's a shot of three characters. On the left is a clown Klingon with batleth arms, like Playing blowing a, a horn. Trombone. Um, on the right is the tentacle monster. Is that a trombone or a horn? It's one of those it's things. A trombone, it's a horn dude. instrument of some kind. It's a trombone. Okay. Jesus, trombone. dude. Okay. Trombone! Fine. How do you not know a trombone? <laughs> oh my god, Jesus. Anyway, on the right is the tentacle monster with it's like a snake I, I don't know what the It's hell got is. a weird kind of long monster. tongue and it's like is it yeah. is it like licking something out of a out of like a glass? I, I or is don't it know. like it's hard, playing it's hard a to musical instrument? I don't know what's going on there. That's weird. It would suit the scene if it's also playing a musical instrument, because in the middle of a, of the scene of the shot is a what looks like a werewolf, an Andorian but it's blue werewolf. and has antennas. Yeah, it's an Andorian yeah. werewolf. So is it Jen? Oh, Jen Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because she's got boobs. Jen it's, Wolf. It's probably Jen as a werewolf. That's probably Mariner. Oh, and a Borg, nightmare. a Borg snake, a Borg snake. Yeah, a Borg snake. A Borg yeah, snake <laughs> is, is also probably Boimler's nightmare. The clowns are Rutherford's nightmare. Which means that the purple monster must be Mariner's. Ooh, so yeah. weird thing about the purple monster in this scene, though, it's wearing shoes. Did you notice this? <laughs> no, I didn't. Why notice is that it wearing right. shoes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh my god! I want to know what the purple monster is, though. It's killing me. Yeah, I thought the the Gen monster and the Borg snake were pretty good. Uh, I feel like I need like a Borg snake plush or something just to have it around. Not you know? a fan of Borg snakes. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, who is really? 
But lastly, perhaps most significant part of the entire trailer is DS9 shows up. Really exciting. And they have to kill some time. So, uh, you know, Ransom's uh, expert orders circle the pylons. I love how, like, none of the lower deckers are actually in the scene on the bridge. They're all on the lower decks watching the approach. And Tendi is, like, super excited. And everybody else is like, yeah, it's a space station. (laughs) You know what's funny is uh, Casey, the helm officer that is, like, very often on the bridge, is not there in this shot. It's uh, some new character. Yeah. Before, Casey was just kind of the throwaway helmsman. But now he's doing something else. Who knows what Casey's doing? Yeah, I got to do comment, though, on the new character that's drawn in there. Okay. Like, something just, like, is off about her. Like, her... Hmm. The drawing of her is just, like, wrong. Like, none of the proportions seem right. And, hmm. like, her eyes aren't, like, they seem off. Like, she's, like, her her pupils are not in the proper location. Just, like, everything about the way she's drawn just seems wrong to me. And trust me, as a hmm. terrible artist, I have spent many, many hours <laughs> picking out everything wrong with my own artwork. So I can always see it in other people's too. Like, like, do you see it? She just seems weird. Hmm. I don't know. You have the you have the artistic eye. I'm not seeing it. I'm looking. She seems like a person. I don't know. Just something about it. Everything seems wrong about her, like shape and her eyes and her face, and like her hmm. mouth seems out of place when she talks. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're. Uh, I think you're seeing things. You're like insecurities just, about your just art like, coming like through. Just like, like focus, like focus. Now everything about her is wrong. Well, you know what? You can tweet the art director and uh, see if something comes of it. I actually feel kind of bad that I've just spent the last like minute just trashing on somebody else's artwork. I'm sorry. Forgive you know? me. <laughs> we don't know anything. Don't 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 believe anything we say. Okay. Yes. So uh, this is the arrival at uh, DS9 and circling the pile. Yes. We knew about DS9, and of course, you have to get the beauty shots of the uh, the pylons there. So, which you know, it goes back to I've talked about just how great like the space shots have, like they've always been pretty good from the get go, but like they just look really fantastic. This scene in particular yeah. is just beautiful. DS9 looks great. It's one yeah. of those where a lot of times it's very obviously animated, right? But sure it's just it's it's very very beautiful like the wormhole looks terrible i'm not gonna lie about that yeah there, what's going on there there's some kind of frame rate issue like it's yeah and that's 100 percent what it is it's it's just like it does not have proper frame rates which is made worse by all the stuff in the foreground seems to be moving properly so you know mm. it's not just a like streaming issue Right. Or just like however this thing was put together, it seems like it's like an animation issue. And maybe they'll have it resolved hmm. by like the live episode. This may be something that was added in last minute. Yeah, could be. You know, but talking about their return to DS9, I was actually floored by how many of the cast were just like, DS9 is my favorite. DS9 is the best. Yeah. Because you, you don't see that as Kind of crazy. It's always, you know, oh, I'm a TNG or I'm a Voyager fan. And DS9 is always kind of like the redheaded stepchild, where, like, those of us <laughs> who are like, DS9 is the best, we're like the weird <laughs> ones in the group. Yeah. I've always said that it's kind of like, I'm too cool for other Star Treks. I like my DS9. Yeah, exactly. I'm cool. And I remember talking to a guy at a convention where he explained to me why he didn't like DS9, and it kind okay. of, like, illuminated why I'm such a fan of it. DS9 as a Star Trek show, and I think this is probably why I like Lower Decks a lot too, 
it's very meta, right? Mm, um, yeah. It does like this meta analysis of like the realities of Star Trek. It makes meta references all throughout it. And I really like that type of fiction. So I think that's why it really appeals to me. Whereas other people, yeah. they just want straightforward, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Entertainment. Without right. TOS or TNG, I probably never would have picked up on DS9. Sure. That's not true. I've watched like all of <laughs> television, sci-fi to some extent. You would have gotten around to it eventually. Eventually. Yes. Well, very exciting. DS9 coming. I, I wonder if it's just going to be confined to the one episode, though. I'm a little bit worried that it is. I guess it makes the most sense that, that it's just going to be one episode, too. But yeah. part of me wants more. You know, you and know? it could be like DS9 winds up being like their, their home base, you know. Mm, that yeah. that's just the region could of be. space they're going to be in for this season. Yeah. Or maybe that's yeah, the season ender. TLI. Yeah. Too little information. Yeah. Too little information. <sighs> TM. TM. 2022, <laughs> Lower Decks. Wait, no. Lower Dorks! Damn it! Lower Dorks. <laughs> so close. So close. You know, it took it took a long-ass time, but we finally finished our shot-by-shot, almost, analysis of, of the Season 3 trailer. So we uh, we got we got under a month until Season 3 shows up, so we're going to be talking a lot more about this show soon. Yeah, lots, lots more. Um, unless you want to talk about other things, huh? huh? Let's just uh, ramble on into the dark. I mean, we could always do that too, right? People listen to that. Sure. You know what? I think our job here is done. That's true. And uh, you know what? In that case, let's stall for time. Wait, no, no, no. Let, let's end no, the episode. No, let's not do that. Uh, and we'll come back later for reviews of actual episodes rather than just rambling on about stuff nobody cares about. In the meantime, though, you can follow us on Twitter at Lower Dorks or you can gin up some fake Trek news, and get Stavros to follow you on Twitter, because he'll believe anything. It's true. <laughs>